In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hear now again the word of God. To me, the least of all the saints, is given this grace to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and to enlighten all men. What a very odd thing to happen to some kid from Newark, New Jersey, that he should be doing this here among you, here and now. And so on this first Friday of the month, the first Friday of the new year, as we honor the sacred heart of our Lord, here is a Jesuit preaching to you. And it is a tradition for Jesuits to promote the devotion to the sacred heart, as you may or may not know. How shall we do that? How shall we speak of perpetual and perfect love while we acknowledge the change of time and seasons and the fickleness of the human heart? Recently, I was doing some reading, and there was a phrase that caught my imagination, and I've held it in my heart in prayer for several days, and I think it's going to guide my preaching in the coming calendar year. It's a paradox, two phrases held together, cold law and hot gospel. What could that mean, and how could we relate that to the sacred heart of our Lord? Cold law... This is the law of gravity doesn't care about your good intentions. Just as 2 plus 2 equals 4, no matter how much you wish it didn't. Just as we are obliged to do good and avoid evil, whether we feel like it or not. There are laws embedded in creation that simply do not care. They are truths that we live by. Or not. Someone once said, we don't so much break the commandments as break ourselves against the commandment. We either stand on the rock or we dash ourselves against the rock. Those are the only options. And these are the only options laid out before us by a God who is all good, who is all wise, all loving, and all holy and all just. So God, being God infinitely holy, infinitely just, cannot abide evil, cannot countenance sin. He cannot lie about himself. He cannot be coy about his holiness or his perfection. And he cannot be dishonest about the heights he summons us to. We made in his image and likeness rational and free and therefore moral. We are called to be one with him. To delight in his goodness and his love and to revel in his holiness. And that is tolerable for God and tolerable for us. Only if we approach the all-holy God with an unstained soul and an undivided heart. I don't know about you, but it's too late for me. I have a stained soul. I have a divided heart. Left to my own devices, I cannot see the face of God and live whether I like it or not, whether I know it or not, 
This is the cold law, and it cannot change. So there's a problem with my sin, with the sin of Adam and Eve, with the sin of every member of the human race. We've together burned down the bridge between heaven and earth. We've broken the bonds between spirit and flesh. And God, being just and holy, cannot say, never mind, it doesn't count, take backsies. I'll just wave my hand. I'll just say mercy a lot and make the evil go away. No, no, no. Fulton Sheen meditated on the Hebrew scriptures and the temple sacrifices said the people of the ancient world understood there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Because life is in the blood and sin is death and we need a life to undo death. So we human beings in sinning against an all-holy, infinite God incurred an infinite debt that we could not pay. Cold law. Now here comes the hot gospel. In mercy beyond justice, the Christ of God chose to satisfy the demands of justice, to restore what he did not break, to pay a debt that was not his, to take on absolutely and completely all the consequences of sin and evil, even unto death, and to take everything that was broken and make it his own and transform it and that fiery furnace of love, which is his sacred heart, which was ripped open for us to behold at Calvary on Good Friday. One drop of blood from the heart of Christ could have unstained all of creation. He gave every drop of blood unto his last breath, to cleanse us, to purify us, to graft us onto himself. And we, we realize not only that are we fearfully, wonderfully made, as we see in Psalm 139, but that we are washed in the blood of an innocent man. That we have been redeemed by a terrible price beyond our comprehension. If we stop even for a moment and look at that awful truth honestly, how can we not shudder? How can we not beat our breast? How can we not look in the mirror and say, what have I been doing with my life all this time? All this time as I run out of time into eternity. What have I been doing with my life? What have I been doing with the graces God has given me? What have I done with my baptismal garment, given to me washed white in the blood of the Lamb? How many times have I negotiated with my sin? 
and ended up with stains great and small on my baptismal garment. Isn't it time? Isn't it time while there's still time to say no more? Enough. I will not be a fool any longer. I will not be ungrateful any longer. I will not trust in my own goodness, wisdom, or judgment, but fling myself at the feet of Christ crucified and risen and say, place me in your heart. Place me in the fire of your love. Burn away from me anything that is unworthy of you. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the glory and boast of the feast of the sacred heart. That Christ who died for us will not relent in his offer of mercy until our very last breath. And what is so very sad, what is so very sad is we settle for so much less. As C.S. Lewis said, we are far too easily pleased. We settle for the toys and trinkets of the world. We We settle for what the world can give and the world can take away. Nathaniel asks, can anything good come from Nazareth? The world asks, can anything good come from God? And sad to say, there are far too many who call themselves Christians, who put themselves on a starvation diet of grace. They come to Mass grudgingly, make that minimal payment in anti-hell insurance and skedaddle out the door because for them, that's where real life is. They ignore and deny both the cold law and the hot gospel. I can explain and explain and explain and teach and teach and teach and preach and preach and preach and all those have their places but ultimately you and I have to give a witness by the way we live, by the way we forgive, by the way we sacrifice, by how we bear witness to the triviality of the world and the priority of God. I remember reading in a spiritual journal, Lord, let me live my life such that people will look at me and ask, if this be the servant, what be the master? We too can become like John the Baptist, point to the Christ and get out of the way, which is the only way to do it right. If we allow ourselves to fall into the infinite furnace of love, if we yield to that hot gospel, which is the only satisfaction of the cold law. Think on these things on this cold, dark night and know that a fire of love, a fire of infinite love, burns for you and calls for you and waits for your surrender. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.